Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome to those watching online. Glad to have you guys with us, too. Hey, you know, there's a question that's being asked today that I don't remember being asked really when I was a teenager, and I don't even really remember it being asked just a few years ago. And here's the question. How do you identify? How do you identify? It's really not a new question, but I don't recall it being asked, and I think the inferences to this question are different than when I was growing up. When, when I was a, a teenager, we identified in a number of different ways. Maybe you identified as a jock, or maybe you identified as a brain, or a nerd, or a, or a druggie. Um, some people identified that way. I remember in the, in the middle of my high school years, we returned to Delaware, and that's when I discovered that some people identified as preppy which I had never heard of nor seen in California. And then uh, I also discovered some people identified as hillbillies. So uh, that was a whole different thing as well. But identity is a big deal to us. And, and we're all struggling, and we've always been struggling with our identity. Today, if you ask somebody, how do you identify, they typically respond talking about gender or sexuality, don't they? And so you'll hear... hear you will hear people say, identify as male or female or non-binary. I identify as homosexual, bisexual, asexual. I identify as a pansexual or, or straight. Or We can just keep on going. Some people identify as being fuzzy or furry or whatever that, that term is. I don't know. And, and it, it's funny in a way, but... Um, we even now, if you look at some people's signature on their, on their emails, they identify in pronouns. This is how they want you to identify with them. And so you'll see he, him, she, her, they, them, right? Everybody familiar with this? Now, um, some of us just think this is ridiculous, right? Kind of dismiss it, even make fun of it or make light of it. And uh, we've even had fun with it to the point where we'll say, well, well, I identify as being on time, even though you're late. You know, that's how I identify. I'm on time. You know, or, uh, or maybe you, you identify as listening. You know, men, some of you guys might want to try that one. You know, your, your wife's talking to you, and she's like, you're not listening. You know, I identify as listening. <laughs> or maybe you identify as fit. Or you identify as Right. I remember two years ago, we had the chili cook-off, and somebody brought pizza, and on the cover it said, I identify as chili. <laughs> actually thought that was clever. I'm not going to mention who that was that did it, but uh, that was pretty good. And if you're a golfer, some golfers in the room, if, if you're a golfer, you may want to get one of these golf balls. It says, I identify as inbounds. <laughs> All right, Todd, you'll need that at 11 this morning. So, uh... Anyhow, we, we can laugh about this, right? But it's really no laughing matter. It's no laughing matter because, especially in this day and time, we're struggling with our identity. We're struggling to figure out how do I identify. And a lot of us are identifying in ways that are not healthy at all. And so what we're going to do, we're going to spend the next five weeks in a series called In Christ Jesus, In Christ Jesus, and we are going to look at how we are ultimately called to identify as being in Christ Jesus. 
We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verses 1 through 14 over the next five weeks leading up to Easter. And so um, I'm going to read those to you. You can read along with me. If you want to follow along in your church Bible, this page 1156. I'm going to read all 14 verses, so that'll set you up for the the next few weeks. But we're going to focus on two verses, the opening two, verses 1 and 2. And quite honestly, we're really only looking at verse 1. So we're going to take a deep dive into this. So join with me. Um, Ephesians chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Begins, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavishes on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Now, I don't know if you you notice how many times it it referenced in Christ Jesus or in Christ or in him, but I went back and I, I just counted, and I came up with at least a dozen times that I was talking about what it means to be in Christ, in Christ Jesus, in him. And that's going to be our focus for the next five weeks. Um, So what does it mean? What are the inferences of being in Christ Jesus? Well, I I believe to be in Christ Jesus, it it means that we're in a committed relationship with Jesus. So if you are in Christ Jesus, you are in a committed relationship with Jesus. Now, here's how it begins. Um, It begins by just admitting, admitting that, that you need God in your life. It begins by just admitting that, you know what, I, I've been living my life apart from God. I've been kind of going my own way, and I'm tired of it. And, and I want to turn back to him. That's called repentance. I want to turn to him. So it begins with admitting a need for God. Then, then secondly, you've got to believe. You have to believe that God the Father sent Jesus, God the Son, to earth for you. For you personally, that he sent Jesus to earth for you to do what you couldn't do, to pay for your sin. That that God the Father sacrificed his one and only son 
for you. And, and you got to believe that. You got to believe it. It's got to become personal. And you got to believe that he didn't just, just die on the cross, that he rose from the grave, that he rose for you, so that you too have this same hope that you will rise with him one day and spend eternity with him. So you got to admit your need for God. You got to believe that he loves you and that he did something profoundly, profoundly amazing to demonstrate his love to you. And then you got to commit. And this is, this is the challenge. Lots of people say they believe in God, they believe in Jesus, but they fail to commit their life to following God, to following Jesus. And, and when you commit, I, I, I think you've just got to say, give me your spirit, please. I, I just pray that you would just give me your spirit, place your spirit within me, because that's the promise of Jesus. He said, I'd never leave you nor forsake you. And the way he does that is he places his spirit within you. So commit to following his lead. Allow the Holy Spirit to do his work in you, to change you, to transform you, to really conform your image into the image of Jesus Christ, that you become more and more like him. Committing to him means that uh, you're going to step off the throne of your own life. You're going to quit being your own Lord, and you're going to allow him to be Lord. I like what the, the kids say in, in children's ministry. They say that Jesus is my boss. He's my boss. And that's what it means to commit, that he, he's, he's our boss. Not, not us, not our sexual desires or any other desire for that, that point. Jesus is our boss. He's our boss. So admit, believe, and then commit. Now, when Jesus' spirit comes in, lives in you, when his spirit comes and lives in you, then you are in Christ Jesus. He is in you, and you are in him. That's the beautiful thing. And so if that's true for you, then you are in Christ Jesus. If it's not true for you, then you're not in Christ Jesus. But I think this would be really helpful to hang with us for these next few weeks to discover what is it like or what should it be like to live as a follower of Jesus, to be in Christ Jesus, and how should you identify as a result of that? Now, when you are in Christ Jesus, you receive a new identity. You receive a new identity, and, and this is really powerful. Um, again, I can't wait to see how this un unfolds, but I want you to look at the, the first two verses here and see how Paul, the Apostle Paul, identifies. Now, he's writing this letter to the church in Ephesus, but it's meant to be a circular letter, a circular letter. And, and here's what that means, that um, while it may be addressed to them, it, it was meant to be circulated among all the followers of Jesus Christ throughout the ages. That means this letter is meant for you. It's meant for me. It's meant for all followers of Jesus Christ. So listen to how Paul begins. He says, Paul, he's identifying himself, but notice how he identifies. An apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. And then he goes on, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you see how Paul identified? He said, Paul. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. Apostle means sent one. 
sent one. And so if you're an apostle, as he identifies, he's recognizing that he has been sent by God on behalf of Jesus Christ. He's been sent with this message called the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. He is a sent one, and he identifies as being in Christ Jesus. That is Paul's identity. But it hasn't always been his identity. See, he used to identify in a very different way. And he references this old identity in a letter that he wrote to the church in Philippi. So in Philippians chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, listen to how Paul used to identify. He said, Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless, faultless. See, Paul once identified as a zealous, as a zealous, faultless, religious leader who had the proper bloodline, and he was proud of that. That's how he identified. But all that changed when he had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. Listen to what he says after this in verses 7 through 9. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage. I love that. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. That's powerful, isn't it? That's powerful. What what Paul's saying is is my my heritage and my accomplishments, everything that I used to, to look to to identify myself, to find my identity in, all of that, I consider it all garbage now. It's all garbage to me compared to being in Christ Jesus, to knowing Jesus and being in a relationship with him. Everything else, garbage, garbage. That's amazing, and that's powerful. And I wonder, like, is that true for you? Like, do you know Jesus like that? Like, is your relationship with Jesus so precious, so special that you would say everything else compared to that is like garbage? Is your identity so wrapped up in your relationship with Jesus that anything else that you would identify with is really garbage compared to that? Like that's how special this relationship with Jesus is to you. That's how special it was to the Apostle Paul, and I think it's powerful. Now, I I want you to see not only how Paul identifies now, but I want you to see how he identifies the people he's writing the letter to. Again, read Ephesians if if you have time. Just read through it. You're going to see these were a messed up people. I mean, they did not have it all together, just like we are a messed up people. We do not have it all together, right? None of us are perfect, um, to that end, but listen to how he identifies them right here. 
He says, to God's holy, holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Now, I actually prefer the King James Version here or the English Standard Version here. And, and some have said that they're a more accurate interpretation of the original language. And, and notice what they say here. Instead of saying to God's holy people, it says, to the saints, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, to the saints. Now, I've talked about this many times before, but I, I think it's worth repeating. Um, I believe God's indicating here, he views us differently than we view ourselves when we are in Christ Jesus. When you are in Christ Jesus, again, you've placed your faith in him, you have his spirit within you, you're in this committed relationship, your identity changes, and how you identify should change with it. And God says, you are now a saint, not a sinner. See, we tend to identify ourselves as sinners instead of saints. Um, Now, maybe you're hearing this for, for the first time and you're thinking, that sounds nice, Scott, but I don't believe it because I may be in Christ Jesus, but I still sin, right? Is there anybody here that does no longer sin? Anybody perfectly sinless? I didn't think so. The, uh, so you may be listening to this and you're going, but I, I'm not a saint. Like, I still sin. I still mess up. Therefore, doesn't that make me a sinner? To that, I'd say no. No. You're a saint. You are a saint. You are no longer, you once were identified as a sinner, but because you are now in Christ Jesus, you are not identified as a sinner any longer by God. You're identified as a saint. I I was preparing for the message, and I read um, another pastor's sermon, and he had a great illustration to this point. And he said... um, Basically, he said, you don't call a cornfield a weed field just because there's some weeds in it, do you? It's still a cornfield, isn't it? But there happens to be some weeds in the cornfield. So you don't change how you view it. You don't call it a a weed field that happens to have some corn in it. No, it's a cornfield that just happens to have some weeds in it. And so I believe, like, when God looks at us, if you are in Christ Jesus he sees, he sees a field of saints. Even though there may be some sin in us, he sees saints. Not sinners, but saints. And this is critical. This is critical. Um, again, our identity changes when we are in Christ Jesus. Because the way God views us changes. He sees us as saints because we have this righteousness, if you will, That comes not because of our good works. It's not because we're, you know, extremely saintly. This new identity comes because of Jesus, because when God looks at us, God the Father looks upon us, he looks through the lens of Jesus, and what he sees is his righteousness. And as he looks at us, he sees saints, not sinners. And this is critical. It is so critical for your identity to begin to identify as a saint and not a sinner. Because if you think about it, it changes the way you view yourself. It changes the way you carry yourself. Right? So, 
For instance, if you identify as a sinner, you adopt uh, really a defeatist posture and attitude. You're, you're identifying with your worst, your worst moments. That's how you're identifying. And so that's, that's defeating, isn't it? I mean, do you want to be known for all your failures? And, and that's what you're saying. When I identify as a sinner, I'm already defeated. And, and what happens when you're defeated? You, your posture changes, right? Like, think about the team that loses coming off the field. How do they come off the field? Like, their heads are hung low, their shoulders are slumped over, and I think that's our posture a lot of times. When we identify as sinners instead of saints, we have this defeated posture, and our mantra may be, you know, man, I I messed up again. I am such a screw-up. See, we identify with our failures, but think about how that all changes when you identify as a saint. All of a sudden, you identify based on your victory, right? <clears throat> you walk a little more upright. You hold your head a little higher. Your mantra begins to change. You're like, yeah, I know I, I, know I, I messed up. But you know what? God is doing some amazing work in me through the power of his Holy Spirit. He is changing me. I'm not the same person I once was. You know, he is making me more and more into the image of Jesus. And I know I mess up, but that no longer defines me. What defines me is God in me and that I am in Christ. And now you're defined by your victory. But it's not your own personal victory, right? Like you just won the game. No, it's the victory of Jesus Christ and what he has accomplished on your behalf. And so you walk in that power. You walk in that victory. You know that I am more than a conqueror, that I can overcome sin and death because of Jesus and his righteousness. I'm a saint. Not being proud and haughty, but owning that. That is my new identity. That's what Jesus has purchased for me. There is so much that we're going to discover about our new identity in Christ Jesus over the next few weeks, and I'm excited about that. One of my hopes is that, that we will stop identifying ourselves based on our failures, that we'll stop identifying ourselves on something as simple as, as maybe our gender or our sexual desires. Like, those are a part of who we are, but they don't define who we are. At least they shouldn't define who we are because of whose we are. If we are in Christ Jesus, that's where identity, that's where our identity lies. We're saints. We're not sinners. We're no longer going to identify with some of these lesser things. Here's my hope, that by the time Easter comes, when you and I are posed with this question, how do you identify, this would be our response. I identify as being in Christ Jesus. That's how I identify. No longer am I going to allow my gender to dictate how I identify, my sexuality, my accomplishments, or my failures. I identify 
as being in Christ Jesus. May the grace and peace of God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you have such a greater identity for us to live into, that you have bestowed this new identity on us through Christ Jesus when we are in this committed relationship with him. And I pray that, that Lord, we would begin to live that out, that we would stop allowing our culture and our feelings to dictate our identity, and that we would rise up and, and just embrace this amazing amazing reality that is offered to all of us. I thank you for the transformation that you brought about in the Apostle Paul. I thank you that you completely changed his identity and how he identified before you and before man. Lord, I know we all have a work. We are all insecure. We all struggle with our own identity. May we be found in Christ Jesus. Lord, minister to us now as we come in Jesus' name. Amen.